millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. I found a job on Craigslist, and now I'm regretting it. The Craigslist ad read, Lifeguard for swimming pool. Clean the dishes, my drunk mom yelled from the living room, startling me. I had been on my phone searching for Craigslist job ads. Hell, I had been for the past two weeks. My mom had been depressed and turned to drugs and alcohol. Why, you may ask. Well, my dad passed away not long ago. She had gotten fired from her job and hadn't found a new one. That's when all the pressure was turned on me. If my estimates were correct, we would be evicted within seven months. I needed a way to pay the bills, the rent, the food, and my mom's whiskey all at once. Not only that, but I needed to find a way to pay my college tuition. Now, before I start, I want to clarify things. This took place in 2019, so don't come and murder me for not wearing a mask. And also, though I doubt anyone will believe me, I know what I saw. As I said, I was looking for a job. I didn't want to work at the McDonald's down the street since I'd work non-stop and get minimum wage. Neither did I want to work at the nearby factory, since I'd also probably get lung cancer before I'd be able to pay off my debt. After cleaning the dishes and taking out my mom's half-empty bottles of whiskey, 
I went back to Craigslist. I opened up the description of the job I mentioned earlier, and I read. The job itself was decent. All I needed to know was to swim, and it was close enough to where I wouldn't have to take the bus. The pay was a little over the minimum wage. However, there was one odd thing. At the end of the description, I read, If you're sensitive about the supernatural, this job is not for you. I thought this was just some joke for the new guy, so I went along with it. Life continued as usual as I was kept busy with my mom's breakdowns and episodes. I know, worst Groundhog Day imaginable. Five days later I received an email saying that I had gotten the job. I mean I couldn't be mad. The pay was good and I was willing to work there, but I felt as if they were hiding something from. Hiding something that shouldn't be known to humankind. I should have listened to my gut feeling. On Monday, I got on my bike and sped off. It was already sunset when I got there, but I didn't worry since I was told to come at that hour. Either way, I thought the job was odd because the pool was about to close. Without giving it a second thought, I casually walked into the indoor swimming pool. Strangely enough, the building was vacant. No people, no signs of them, and the deafening silence. Already weirded out, I changed into my lifeguard uniform and headed towards the lifeguard stand. When I got there, I noticed the note besides the chair. Looking back at the large pool, I noticed the sun had long set and the night had settled over the building. How the hell, I managed to say. I had only been there for about 20 minutes, but it was already dark outside. I stared at the gentle waves of the pool for another minute before recomposing myself. I turned back to the stand and read the note. The note read, Hello, name redacted. As we know, you will be the lifeguard for this pool. I know you might have many questions, but this is the introduction. If you survive this night, your pay will increase tenfold. Now, here are the directions. If you notice time seems to go fast, remember that. You'll need that knowledge for later. If you see a blood-red moon, make sure you turn off all the lights. You will also need to make sure this phenomenon is not occurring. If you notice a dark spot at the deep end of the pool at exactly 11.20 p.m., close your eyes and count to 30. If you hear splashes at the 20-second marks, put your hands to your eyes. At 11.35 p.m., lock the doors to all of the entrances to the pool. You will likely hear banging and the voices of your loved ones pleading from the other sides of the doors, but do not open the door. Only unlock the doors once the banging and pleading stops. If you do not hear the banging or the pleads run, use the emergency exit and run. At midnight, a young girl will come up to you and ask you for help. But whatever you do, do not follow the girl. You do not want to know what happens if you follow her. At exactly 1.36 in the morning, a group of people will walk through the doors and go in the pool. Then, at approximately 2-3 p.m., one of the swimmers will dive into the deep end. He will not come back up to the surface of the pool. The other swimmers will panic and run out of the building. If the swimmer returns to the surface, act as if you don't notice him. If you make eye contact with him, it's already too late. At 2.25, you will go into the manager's office and lock the door. Do not look out of the window if you hear screaming coming from the pool. And if you hear chanting coming from the other side of the door, pray to God that it ends. If you hear screams and growling, that's normal. Then at 2.35 you will unlock the door and exit the manager's office. Once you get back to the stand, watch the pool intently. If you see something odd happening at the shallow end of the pool, walk to that area of the pool. Act as intimidating and imposing as possible, since you don't want it to get to you. At 2.55, run back into the manager's office. Go under the desk and cover your eyes. Make sure you're hidden so the warden can't see you. 
Now, if you felt as time seemed to accelerate at the beginning chant, the spirits of the night, we have come to forgive you. We are here to offer you the sacrifice. If you saw the blood moon, go into the bunker. The bunker is located under the front desk. The keys will be on the hook next to the front desk. Only retreat from your hideaway at 5 p.m. Once you retreat, immediately exit the building. As we said, if you survive the first night, your pay will increase. Make sure you follow all of our rules and precautions for your safety. Once all of the directions above are completed, you have finished your job. Good luck. I was weirded out. I had never been a believer of the supernatural or gods. This absolutely had to be a prank. But I couldn't help but notice the dark spot forming at the deep end of the pool. I watched in amazement and fear as the dark spot swirled and started coming towards the surface of the water. This had to be a prank, this had to be, I thought. But the dark spot looked unnatural. Already unnerved, I decided to close my eyes. Call me a pussy, but I did. All the while my emotions and thoughts were racing. I was pissed at the prank, but deep down I felt like this was not a prank. Luckily, I never heard the splashing. When I opened my eyes, the dark spot was gone. I rubbed my eyes to confirm this, but there it was. I looked around to see any sign someone was watching, but saw no one. I walked over to the deep end of the pool and inspected the water. No signs of the dark spot or anything out of the ordinary. What happened next gave me a jolt of anxiety and fear. As I inspected the water and looked around the pool, I got the sensation of something off. I checked my watch and nearly fell into the pool as I checked the time. It was 11.34. Reminding myself this was a prank, I calmly walked to the other side of the pool to the doors. I locked the doors and waited to surprise the pranksters. But when I heard what happened next started making me doubt this was a prank. The screams were deafening. The pleads were of my loved and the long-lost ones. I heard the pleads of my dad throughout the yells and bangs. I thought the doors were going to fall off their hinges when the bangs got louder. The bangs sounded like lightning, and I almost believed they were until I looked outside. All I saw was the quiet night air and the soft chirps of crickets. It all happened so quickly. One second I thought my eardrums would explode, and the next was deafening silence. I immediately collapsed to the floor rolling around in pain as my eardrums rang, and I felt warm blood trickling down my cheek. I managed to crawl back to my stand and lay my head back on the chair. I was alert now and ready to run out of there, but my instructions said otherwise. I almost thought I was seeing things from my blood loss when I saw her. The little girl appeared out of nowhere, almost like she had always been there. The girl walked up my stand and muttered out, My daddy is hurt, please help, in an emotionless tone. Go away, whatever you are, I squeaked out while clutching my ears. Oh, please. My daddy is really hurt. He needs help. Please help my daddy and save him. I ignored the little girl's pleading as I recovered from my fall and my bleeding ear. You know what? Where is your dad, little girl? I said. He tripped and hit his head. There, she replied as she pointed a finger near the entrance to the building. As if on cue, a stream of red liquid which I presumed to be blood entered my line of sight. I was almost convinced when I remembered the note. After a while of more begging, the girl simply walked back to where she came from and vanished. When I looked back to where the blood was, I saw nothing. I remember lying there for what felt like days, but was probably just half an hour. I thought of the times I had come to this pool and splashed around, thinking the pool was something to enjoy. I thought the environment was safe and somewhere you could be comfortable. But I learned otherwise the hard way. I felt sick to my stomach as I reflected on what had taken place in the past hours. 
As I rested and recovered from my injuries, the atmosphere changed. I didn't notice the group of swimmers until they were right in front of me, startling me from my peace. I watched in interest as the group of nearly translucent swimmers headed towards the diving boards. They looked like ghosts, and I suppose they were. But they seemed more real than I thought. I expected a ghostly, misty figure floating around. These looked like perfectly normal swimmers, except for their translucent appearance. After thirty minutes of watching them jump off the boards and swim, one of the swimmers seemed disoriented. He tried to hide it, but it was quite obvious. The other swimmers tried to convince the swimmer to take a break, but he wouldn't listen. Then as he was about to take the jump off the higher diver board, he suddenly fell unconscious. Unfortunately for him, he fell off the diving boards, plugging into the water below. He disappeared into the water as the other swimmers panicked. One of the swimmers divided to save his friend, but came back empty-handed. He had a look of shock and fear on his face as he re-emerged. Without another word, the swimmer ran out of the building to get help. I was interested, but was fearful because of the message on the note. I reread the note and watched in my peripherals as the swimmer emerged from the water. I almost looked before realizing what I was doing. In my peripherals, the swimmer smiled at me and tried to get my attention. I just acted as if he were not there. But in my mind, I was transfixed on him and watching his every move. The translucent swimmer tried to blend in with the water, almost making me think he was gone. Needless to say, that was a close call. After another twenty minutes, the swimmer disappeared under the gentle waves and never re-emerged. After making sure the swimmer was gone, I settled back into my chair. I scrolled through my phone, but made sure I kept an eye on the pool. At the exact time of 2.25, I ran over to the manager's office. I took the note along with me to make sure I took all precautions. When I got to the manager's office, I noticed another note below the desk. If you're still alive, read this note. While you're in the office, make sure you're not facing the window. Also make sure the things outside don't see you. I know this is the first day on the job, but this is more of a test. Over time, you'll build the strength and become a member. It's not our choice to decide if you will work for our corporation, but even if you quit on the first day, you will receive $5,000 in compensation. We will discuss legal closure once you make it through the night. Make sure to follow instructions for your safety. I had already decided if I got out of this godforsaken place I would quit. I wouldn't be able to endure this on a daily basis. Hell, I had barely made it through the night, so there was no way I was going to do this one more night. I know it's hard to believe, but all of this was real and happened to me. I myself wouldn't think this actually happened if it weren't for my first-hand experience. But stick with me. Now I know for a fact that demonic entities haunt the indoor swimming pool of Redacted County. As I hid behind the desk, I heard unnatural and horrifying sounds. Just as I locked the door behind me, I heard splashing coming from the pool. Then an ear-splitting scream erupted from the other side of the door. I quickly hid under the desk and covered my ears to try and block out the noise. However, the noise was replaced with a low and guttural growl, almost the type a werewolf would make. But I didn't dare look out the window to see the commotion. As I expected, the noises stopped at exactly 3.35. I was surprised at how calm I was with the situation, but even that didn't prepare me for Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. 
Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. The horrors which ensued just 20 minutes later. As my instructions commanded, I ran back into the manager's office. My anxiety peaked when I heard a groan near the staff-only area, but it was too late. The warden had seen me. I remember running in and frantically hiding under the desk. Then I heard the sound of glass breaking and metal bend. Then the warden grabbed me and tossed me out of the office. I landed with a hard thud as my head hit the pavement. I temporarily blacked out. When I came to, I was in an unfamiliar room. Then I saw the warden. It was a massive creature that looked like a mix of a dog and cockroach. It seems funny, but once you see it, you'll know what I mean. It grabbed me and lifted me up. Before it could toss me into the fiery inferno, a beacon light was shined through a window, scaring the hybrid away. It was from one side of the room to the other in less than five seconds, which was a 400-foot distance. Then I blacked out again. Three days later, I was at the hospital being treated for three broken ribs, a mild concussion, a broken arm and wrist, and ruptured eardrums. The injuries were extensive, but I was still thinking about that night. Apparently, I had been found. As a result, the company was forced to pay me $10,000 in compensation and pay my hospital bills. My life was truly changed after that. Even with all the money things couldn't be repaired, nothing could. I was forced to sign a deal with the company to never tell anyone about the horrors I witnessed that night. Even if I were to tell someone they wouldn't believe me. They'd just dismiss it as the insane ramblings of a teenager. But one thing is clear. I am never going back to that place. My girlfriend and I were looking for a new apartment, so we went to the housing section, found a couple of places that were on the cheap per month, decided to email a couple of them. First house was described as a fully furnished house, and the family was going to be living out of the country for a few months. The next day we go visit, and the house was empty. No one was home, and we peeked in the windows, and nothing was there weird. Then the messages got weird, saying we need to put in a $100 S security deposit. Turned out it was just a scammer taking the pictures off of housing listings as his own, asking for a check or wire of a security deposit. So we ignore it and go to the next place. Same thing. Then I started noticing that about a fifth of all the entries had the same grammatical style, and mentioned that security deposit. I was really annoyed that I was diving to empty houses across town. Me and my significant other were looking to buy a puppy before we knew about puppy mills and whatnot. So we get a text from some person that had one picture of a couple of puppies, nothing else. Said person wanted to meet up at 10 p.m. A little weird, but my significant other suggested morning time some other day. Said person proceeded to say they were meeting someone right below Dodgers Stadium very dark area, not much lighting or houses around in about an hour. If we wanted the puppy to be there at said time and to bring cash. My significant other said it was fishy, so this is where I stepped in just to make sure my significant other wasn't planning on going through the with it. Copied the picture, did a retrace on Google, showed my significant other about 30 pictures of that same picture ad on Craigslist. Told her not to answer. About 30 minutes later, we get a text saying, they're so worth it. Then a little while later, we get a call from said number. Told her to block the number and report it. End of story. Shady ass people. I've always been a fan of antiques. 
There's something about the history and stories behind old items that fascinate me. So when I moved into my new apartment, I decided to browse Craigslist for some unique pieces to decorate my place. That's when I stumbled upon an ad for an antique mirror. The seller had posted a blurry photo, but from what I could make out, it had an ornate wooden frame, and the price was surprisingly low. I messaged the seller, and we agreed to meet at his place the next day. The address he gave me was in a part of town I wasn't familiar with, but I was too excited about the mirror to give it much thought. When I arrived, the house looked abandoned. The paint was peeling, the windows were boarded up, and the lawn was overgrown. I hesitated for a moment, wondering if I had the right address. But then the front door creaked open, and a man stepped out. He was tall, with unkempt hair and a scruffy beard. His clothes looked like they hadn't been washed in weeks. You here for the mirror? he asked, his voice raspy. I nodded, trying to hide my unease. He led me inside, and the interior of the house was as dilapidated as the outside. The air was musty, and there was a strange, metallic smell that I couldn't place. He showed me the mirror, and it was even more beautiful in person. The frame was intricately carved, and the glass was spotless. I was so captivated by it that I ignored the red flags and handed over the cash. As I was leaving, the man said, Be careful with that mirror. It's got a history. I laughed it off, thinking he was just trying to add to the allure of the antique. But when I got home and hung the mirror in my bedroom, things started to get weird. Every night, I'd wake up to the sound of whispering. At first, I thought it was just my imagination, but then I realized it was coming from the direction of the mirror, and when I'd look into it, I'd see fleeting images of people I didn't recognize, their faces twisted in pain and fear. I tried to convince myself it was just a trick of the light or my mind playing tricks on me. But one night, I woke up to find a figure standing at the foot of my bed, its reflection visible in the mirror. It was the man from the house, but his eyes were hollow, and his skin was pale and translucent. I screamed and blinked, and he was gone. But the whispering continued, growing louder and more insistent. I couldn't take it anymore and decided to get rid of the mirror. I tried to sell it, but no one was interested. I even tried to give it away, but it always found its way back to me. Desperate, I smashed it into pieces and threw it away. But even now, I still hear the whispering. And sometimes, when I close my eyes, I see the man's face watching me. I moved into my first apartment about six weeks ago, just outside the Daytona Beach area. Since I live alone, I wanted a dog to keep me company. I asked the landlord if it was okay to have a dog, and he said yes as long as it behaved well and wasn't too big. He also mentioned, but if I get two or more barking or causing problems, you'll have to get rid of it, or you have to move out. My job involves working on a computer from home, so I'm always there. This means the dog won't be alone while I'm at work. I agreed to these rules and then got in touch with a group that finds temporary homes for dogs. I looked at six dogs and finally chose a male mixed breed named Pippin because, since I do my work on a computer from home, my dog Pippin doesn't have to be alone when I'm working. I informed the foster team about this, and the next day, I brought Pippin home for a trial period of three days. I also got some food for him to see how well we could live together. We went for walks in the park twice a day, and I gave him treats. Pippin seemed to like being with me, and we got along really well. However, after being together for about four weeks, something happened, but sadly, it was kind of my fault. I had agreed to meet some friends from college for a drink in the downtown area. I thought I'd be gone for about two hours, but it ended up being five hours instead. 
Until that day, I hadn't left Pippin alone for more than two hours. When I finally got back to my apartment around 11 p.m., feeling not so good, I was faced with a big mess. Pippin got really upset and attacked the sofa, tearing it apart in the back. The seat cushions were everywhere, and the filling from inside them was scattered all over the floor. Pieces of torn fabric were also on the ground. I was too drunk to handle it that night, so I slept and looked at the mess the next morning around 11.30 when I woke up. But sadly, it was worse than I remembered. The whole sofa was destroyed and torn up, and the cushion stuffing was spread across two rooms. I quickly realized I needed a new sofa, but money was tight for me right now, so I had to find a used one. I began looking on Craigslist for second-hand sofas or furniture. I was surprised to see a lot of sofas available, but many of them were too expensive considering their condition in the pictures. Finally, I found one that had a nice color and seemed fine from the photos. I got in touch with the person selling it and set up a time to see it in person. The address he told me was on the other side of the Daytona Beach area, but still, it was fine. We agreed to meet the next day, Saturday, at 5 p.m. I borrowed my friend's big truck so I could take the sofa home that night if I liked it. The next day, I got there at 4.50 p.m., drove up the driveway, and then got out of the truck to knock on the door. A man answered and said, Hey, how can I help you? I told him I was Chris and that we had talked on the phone yesterday. After he finally remembered, he let me come inside, and we did some typical small talk. As he led me through various rooms to the back of the house, I saw that all his rooms were really messy and full of stuff. But what bothered me more was that all the windows were painted black, so no sunlight could come in. I wondered why he did that. We then reached the back area of the kitchen and dining space. I saw the dark gray sofa against the wall. As we got closer, I suddenly heard a phone ringing from upstairs in the house. The man said, I'm sorry, I have to take this call. Please go ahead and check out the sofa while I'm gone. After that, he turned and walked back down the hallway. I looked over the sofa and sat on it. Everything seemed fine. It seemed like it had been cleaned recently because I could still smell the cleaning smell. I got up after checking it and glanced out the glass door that looked at the backyard. Towards the middle, right there was a shed for the garden with a small window on the side. As I looked away, I caught a faint bit of light from the window of the shed. Then it happened again. I wondered what it could be. I stopped and listened. The man was still talking on the phone upstairs. So I decided to take a quick look and open the back door quietly and hurried down the garden path as fast as I could. I tried looking through the small window on the side, but I couldn't see anything clear. I walked to the shed's door and noticed a clasp on it with a long, thin metal rod through it. I looked back at the house and thought, why am I doing this? I came here for a sofa, but still, something made me feel like this place wasn't right. I turned and approached the door. I took out the metal rod and opened the door slowly. Inside, I saw a young girl, maybe around 12 years old, sitting on a stool. She looked pale and thin, trembling, and didn't even look at me. I asked, why are you in here, she told me. When my stepdad says I've been naughty, he puts me in the shed and locks me in. I asked her about her mom, and she said they separated a year ago. She hadn't seen her mom in a long time since her dad left. That was all I needed to know. She weighed nothing while holding her. Then we quickly went out the door. I went toward the side of the house that led to the front driveway. I could hear the man from inside calling, Chris, where are you? Have you decided about the sofa? Then I heard the back door slam open, and the man yelling after seeing us. I ignored him and hurried up the passage holding the girl and made my way to my truck. 
The man started shouting in a really crazy way. It was like the screams you hear from people who aren't thinking clearly. I put the girl in the front seat and quickly got into my side. I shifted the truck into reverse and backed out of his driveway really fast. I didn't waste any time. I drove away quickly. In about ten minutes later, I stopped and called the police. They went to the house and arrested the man. When the experts checked the house, they found a lot of human blood leading to the upstairs bathroom. After some tests, they found out that the blood matched the blood of the mother who had been missing. The girl's name was Susan. She was taken to the hospital because she wasn't eating well and was very thirsty. Later, she went to live with other people who could take care of her. The stepdad got sent to jail for many reasons. Not only did he do bad things to his daughter, but he also did something really terrible to his wife. I never thought I'd be in a situation like this. Even though I talked to someone to help me understand and feel better, I still find it hard to believe or understand what I found out.